Hello. Um, I'll start with the West Hollywood land acknowledgement. The West Hollywood City Council acknowledges that the land on which we gather and that is currently known as the City of West Hollywood is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrielino Tongva and Gabrielino Keech people. This planning commission meeting is being live broadcast and teleconferenced on the city's website. And as a courtesy, this meeting is also available on the city's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash WeHoTV and on Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, and Android TV. You may call in to make a comment, and you may also listen to this meeting by dialing 669-900-6833. Again, that's 669-900-6833. Your meeting ID is 826-5166-3101, and then press the pound sign. I would like to call our regularly scheduled West Hollywood Planning Commission meeting to order. It is Thursday, August 16th, uh, 2023, and it is 6.34, and our first order is to Pledge of Allegiance, and Vice Chair Lombardi is going to lead us in that. Thank you. Yep. Everybody stand. Uh, thank you. Good evening, Commissioners. Commissioner Meadows. Present. Commissioner Jones. Here. Uh, Commissioner Gregoire. Here. Commissioner Edwards. Here. Commissioner Copeland. Here. Vice Chair Lombardi. Present. Chair Carvalero. Here. And we have a quorum. Approval of the agenda. Now we have one change to the agenda, and that is item 9A8025 Santa Monica Boulevard. It is being continued, but it might come back at our next planning commission meeting on September 7th, so it will be noticed accordingly if it does. And I would also like to make a comment that I would like to adjourn our meeting today in the memory of Commissioner John Ulchel. Commissioner Ulchel served on Public Safety Commission from January 1990 until October 1996. He served on Planning Commission from October 1996 until January 2021. That's a total of 31 years of public service. Clearly, Commissioner Alchul valued public service, community discourse, and cared deeply for our creative city. He knew state law and code as well as the officials who wrote them. He understood that communities are organic, that change is inevitable, and that public discourse and collaboration are key to healthy growth in municipalities. He was a mentor for many of us, if not all of us. He survived several epidemics, including early strains of homophobia that many of us could not phantom in this day and age. He always made me smile, even when we didn't agree. I miss so much about him, especially his signature tangerine colored glasses. Do I have a motion to approve the agenda? So moved. I'll second. Uh, motion by Commissioner Meadows, seconded by Commissioner Jones. And the agenda for Thursday, August 17th, 2023 is approved as amended, unanimous. Thank you, David. Item five, approval of meeting minutes from July 20th. Do I have any changes? I move approval. Thank you. Can I get a second? I'll second. Thank you. Motion by Commissioner Greg Wall, seconded by Commissioner Meadows. And the minutes for July 20, 2023 are approved as presented, noting Commissioner Jones abstaining from this vote. Thank you. Public comment. This time is set aside for the public to comment on items not on tonight's agenda. David, do we have any public comments tonight? No. No, Chair, we are all clear on public comments. Okay. Do we have a director's report? Yes. Yes, we do. Thank you, um, thank you Chair. Um, Francisco Contreras, planning, uh, Long Range Planning Manager, um, Acting Director for the next couple of weeks.
Um, so, in fact, I have uh, some news regarding the director position. Um, so the city did announce uh, the um, uh, uh, appointment of um, Nick Marisich as the new community development director. So Nick is going to join us from the city of Los Angeles, where he's been working there for many, many years um, in a lot of various different um, planning capacities. Um, so his first um, day in the city will be next month on the 18th, so September 18th. Um, so he will be joining us um, after that. Um, I think he has a series of community meetings where he's going to um, uh, be able to meet um, with community members and um, start really kind of laying the, the groundwork for um, his tenure with the city. So I um, just wanted to share that news with you. Um, in addition to that, um, I, the, uh, I think the, there was a special city council meeting on Monday um, along with the uh, Public Safety Commission, where there was some discussion about public safety items, um, particularly um, a study conducted by the Center for uh, Policing Equity. I believe I have that correctly. Um, just regarding um, you know, statistics and data uh, in the city of West Hollywood toward part, uh, with regards to um, policing. Um, so there were some very interesting findings on that report. So um, I'd recommend, um, if you haven't had a chance to take a look at that, um, it's on the council agenda. And there were also some recommendations from the Public Safety Commission on potentially incorporating some um, uh, technology uh, that might help with public safety efforts throughout the city. Um, so um, council was very supportive of um, introducing some of that technology, as long as we do a little bit more um, analysis and research um, into the development of policies um, as to, you know, uh, when and where some of the technology may or may not be used, um, safeguards, um, privacy uh, issues, and, and, and so forth. So um, those were some of the items. Um, at the next city council meeting, there will be a, a cultural resource um, application that's going to be reviewed for the um, buildings at Plummer Park. So this is for Long Hall Great Hall and for Fiesta Hall. Um, so that'll be going to the next city council meeting. And then we will also have an update on the protected bike lanes project, both for Fountain Avenue and Santa Monica Boulevard. So that will be an update for city council. And then uh, lastly, um, the council will be reviewing the zone text amendment for the, repa the replacement of uh, above lower income units that the Planning Commission recommended approval uh, a couple of meetings ago. So that's, that will be going to the City Council um, on August 21st. So that, that concludes my report. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Do we have any questions for our director? No? Thank you. Um, item 8, consent calendar, we have none. And that brings us to our only public hearing tonight, um, item 9B, it's a zone text amendment. The commission has been asked to consider a zone text amendment to lengthen the initial dwelling lease term for individual residences and condominiums located in West Hollywood. And we have a staff report from Michelle Montenegro. Good evening, commissioners. Thank you for having me today. I'll be covering the zone text amendment to lengthen initial minimum lease terms, specifically for individually owned condos and single family residences. Sorry, I'm just waiting for the presentation to, there we go. Okay. So the contents of my presentation today will cover shortly what the directive is, uh, the context of this directive and our proposal, um, the amendment code that will be changing if recommendation and city council approval is to be done, and then lastly, we'll all have time for questions. So this should be a relatively short presentation. Um, so welcome the directive. It became active in August 2020 with the adoption of ordinance number 21112. This established a minimum lease term specifically for dwelling units um, such as apartment dwelling units for at least one year and then a month to month lease afterwards. So amended West Hollywood Municipal Code 1936-275. Um, as a list of exceptions, individually owned condominiums and single-family residences were accepted from this section along with transitional and emergency houses. Um, also, specifically, uh, a buyback provision was built in, so if a seller was to sold their unit to a buyer, that buyer can then lease back that unit to the seller for a short period of time. So we're speaking specifically about individually owned condos and single family residences today. 
To welcome in some of the context, we wanted to highlight the strategic goals and priorities of the city to really frame the conversation. So we wanted to talk about balancing community and industry needs. Um, the first is to maintain the city's unique urban balance with emphasis on residential neighborhood while also promoting economic development. And we also wanted to highlight the importance of having a quality housing stock, but having West Hollywood as a regional hub and innovator. So balancing those two items today kind of became the proposal for our recommendation of 60 days. We wanted to highlight certain indicators that are important to hold in mind. Um, there are nearly 23 occupied dwelling units within the city, and about 4,500 of these are owner-occupied. So when we're talking about this provision tonight, we're talking specifically about individually-owned condos and single-family residences, which make up about 6,400 of these 23,000 units within the city, or occupied dwelling units within the city. So that makes about 72% of these units are occupied by owners currently, while 28% are occupied by renters. That shows a little bit more information about renter versus owner tendencies today. We also wanted to highlight some of the main points of the staff report. Um, there are several indicators that led us to a 60-day proposal. Um, we looked we looked primarily at the temporary or gig economy uh, to tell us what story needs to be there for the employment industry. So about 8% of all positions in the entertainment sector um, are categorized as gig economy or gig jobs. We don't have the most um, strong or straightforward data to support um, how long temporary housing needs are since census data doesn't track that, but we can distill what the needs are based on these general metrics. So another item is that an average tenure of contract for temporary employees is about 10.1 weeks in 2021 based on a business analyst report. And then we also look towards the healthcare reporting. Um, we hear in quite a few testimonies and public comments that medical tourism is a huge portion of stays in West Hollywood with proximity to Ronald Reagan and Cedar Sinai. So we look towards their specific healthcare reporting for average long-term stay, um, most accordingly to surgeries and post-surgery functions. So for Ronald Reagan, it approximately is about eight days, while Cedar sinai has a longer and bigger long-term facility, so their average is about 25 days. We also wanted to include some complaint data, although not in the staff report, we were able to gather um, complaint data over the last year from code compliance. So this is a breakdown of complaint data by housing type. So the first is apartments, then condos, single family residences, and other. Um, so for apartments, about 50% of all the complaints that were entered in with code compliance um, came from apartments, and about 1% of all complaints came from condos, and 24% came from single family residences. Um, other was, uh, when looking up the assessor type of these housing addresses, um, we found that it would not fit under the clear slot of apartments, condos, and single-family residences, but they make up about 24% of all the complaints. Um, and the column on the furthest of right um, would be the percent of count by housing type. So this is all to say that out of all the apartments within the city, 2% have had complaint data associated with it. Um, this number could be inflated if a complaint was made more than one time to a single housing type. So there is no way to really differentiate those. Um, but that gives you kind of a general consensus of what's going on in terms of residential disruption um, beyond anecdotal evidence that has been given to us. So next, we wanted to talk a little bit more about what the proposed amendment is. Um, it's a fairly straightforward modification to municipal code. This would affect section 1936.275. 
Um, the statement would read, individually owned condo, condominium dwelling units and single family residence when leased shall be rented for an initial lease term of at least 60 days rather than 31 days as evidenced by a written rental or lease agreement. Um, so we really wanted to point out in this graphic that all other housing types beyond those specifically exempted do have 365 days or one year lease uh, per the original ordinance except specifically the two housing types we're talking about today, which would jump from 31 days to 60 days if the recommendation was to carry through. And that uh, finalizes our presentation. So we're open to any questions that you may all have. Thank you. Questions for stuff? Commissioner. Um, thank you so much for your presentation. Um, I saw from the staff report that you indicated that there is demand and benefit to the greater Los Angeles area to have shorter term rentals available. Um, for the most part, there is a demand for short term rentals within the 31 days. Um, what I didn't see in the staff report was really any analysis of whether that there was a problem with having that 31-day limit, right? Um, and if there is a problem, would extending it to 60 days solve that problem? Um, I've been convinced over the years that there are a lot of negative impacts caused by short-term rentals, say, for example, through Airbnb. And the city obviously has taken steps to remedy that and curtail that. But for the most part, those are rentals that are well within 31 days. So I guess, was there any sort of analysis of are there negative impacts on rentals that go to 31 days? Um, and again, if there are problems that have been identified, will extending it to 60 days solve those problems? I think that's a hard indicate, indicator to capture given that we don't, um, have a repository of leases within the city, so we don't necessarily know how long leases are and to what number that they make up total single-family residences and condos. Um, the complaint data, even though it doesn't speak to that, could be a tangential variable that we could look at, and that was probably the closest thing that we could get to it. Um, so I would say that there isn't a straightforward analysis as you, as you requested or suggested, um, but maybe Maybe we can think a little bit more about what that could look like or how we could capture that. But past being like a survey or something like that, I don't think there's really any way to capture that. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Commissioner James. Thank you very much. Um, I wanted to dig into some of the stats that you shared because I just, I guess, want to understand a little more about the correlation here. Some of them, I unless I missed something, uh, we're not in the staff report, so I want to dig into that a little bit. Um, in terms of the average tenure of the contract and temp employees in 2021, I mean, I don't have any basis for comparison. That was also a pretty much, let's just call it a COVID year. It was kind of a wash. So I just assume that people, maybe I shouldn't assume, but I, my educated guess would be that people may have been staying longer just because of things like social distancing, needing to you know, stay apart from one another. Um, I also don't know how much that was affected, you know, traveling nurses or other like hospital employees who may not be full-time employees. So just, do you have any additional like context you can provide there? Well, we could say is that that reporting data was an average before it was for the year 2021, but years prior to that, in terms of 2020 and 2019, seemed about the same okay. for tracking over years time. Okay. Yeah, but the 2021 number was the most recent um, metric we could capture. It wasn't studied beyond that year to 2022 or 2023. Okay, thank you. And in terms of the complaints that you showed, are those largely noise complaints? Do we have more data? I mean, I assume code compliance, if it's it's probably gonna be about noise, but do you have, can you dig a little bit more into that or tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, we, 
Um, it was more variable, so it included noise complaints, trash, just overall maintenance issues. So we didn't confine them to this particular type of complaint, but we do have the capability to do that if we wanted to express that information a little bit more detailed. But I unfortunately don't have this particular by complaint data right now. I got it, and that's okay. I'm not, I wouldn't ask you to do that. Um, and do we have any data that relates or correlates the, the complaints just as a number and the length of the lease. I guess that probably wouldn't be something that's documented, but I'm just curious to know. I think that also gets back to kind of a question that I had early on reading through this was like, do we know how many of the affected units are actually doing, you know, leases or rental agreements for 31 days only? I'm guessing that we probably don't know that information. I think it's the same kind of answer to Commissioner Gregoire. We don't have those documented, yeah. so we can't really make the, the correlation there. Okay. Okay, that's all. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Commissioner Mato. Thank you, Chair. Um, so I just want to clarify for the record, um, with these complaints that are coming in for the single uh, condominiums or the single family homes, um, the way that we enforce the minimum lease standard is via code compliance complaint, correct? Correct. So it's, it's not that we're proactively policing um, leases, it's that we are depending on the residents to make a complaint, is that correct? Correct. So they're um, enforced or reported the same way as a traditional apartment lease where a resident or someone in the community has to report that directly to us, but there isn't an active enforcement program like there is with short-term rentals. Okay, so it'd be fair to say that there's a large number of I issues that might go underreported or maybe get dealt with with a homeowners association type regulation. Correct, yeah. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Copeland. Thank you, Chair. Um, you may not have the exact numbers on this, but we do have a short-term rental building on Sunset. Is that correct? Where, where those so those that could fill those types of traveling people, short-term people. We do have a building that is allowed to do those still on Sunset. Is that correct? Yeah. So In addition to the hotel, traditional hotel rooms, we do have that that building. Correct. I believe you're talking about the AKA project okay, with the right. lawsuit. Yeah, that was a very narrow scope. But ultimately, um, that project could request a shorter term, less than 30 days stay with the administrative permit. And then with the CUP can request less than five days. Um, so that could apply to projects on Sunset specifically, within the Sunset specific plan, that could prove that they were leasing out on short term prior to that adoption of that ordinance. Okay, thank you, I just wanted to clarify that. Thank you, yeah. appreciate it. Thank you, Chair. Oh, just a basic question, we gave the percentages of the complaints. Do you have actually real hard numbers on that? Is it like 25 out of 25,000 or? Uh, um, not on me, but yes, we do. I apologize for that, yeah, but um, the condos, if I can remember, were about 10 units out of all the units, all the condo units. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the exact numbers on hand, but yeah. Thank you. Vice Chair Lombardi. Thank you. Um, if I could just uh, take it a step back for one minute, um, and if you could help make sure I'm understanding the history of you know, why we're here and hearing this right now. So it was 2020. City Council at that time was looking to increase or set a minimum lease term of one year, right? Correct. Thank you. And there was some discussion, I guess, at that time that led us to this meeting today. And that was because there was a decision made at that time that certain unit types, including condominiums and single family units, would um, maybe be allowed to have 31 day leases as their minimum instead. But there was some concern around that, right? About the specific lease term yes. for mm -hmm. condos and single-family residences. Um, yes, so originally the 31-day proposal was adopted, but there was also consideration to 60 or 90 days was another, mm -hmm. another two numbers that were thrown out. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then just to understand, because I see that there's a balance that we're trying to do here, so we're looking at um, 
you know, uh, the community and disruption in the community um, in terms of, you know, high turnover units um, versus um, variety of housing needs, including gig workers and what that may mean and uh, making sure businesses are, are competitive as well, including businesses that may be in healthcare or entertainment where there may be some short-term um, employees that would be looking for housing for a period of 30, 60, or 90 days. Um, do you know uh, the city of Burbank, for example, what is their setup with uh, leases? Is it is it a one-year minimum for the first year, and is that across all housing types? So for Burbank specifically, it's a one-year lease type for all housing types, except specifically for ADUs, which is 90 days. Um, most cities within the region limit ADUs to 30 days, which is equivalent to state law provision, um, while all, all other housing types are one year. Okay. And because we're specifically looking at these exception cases, condominium and single-family housing, and I know definitions can be confusing, and I got tripped on this when we were having a discussion earlier. Um, what we're talking about now only applies to condominiums and single-family homes, but not ADUs. Correct, okay. the principal home on a single-family. And, and so then ADUs have a one-year minimum lease term currently for the city of West Hollywood. Correct, because they're not on okay. the exception list, yeah. And then uh, maybe you could provide some insight into this, because I know that this setup in West Hollywood is maybe a little bit different than some other cities. So um, I guess some cities maybe have a, a housing setup or an extended stay hotel type setup. Um, we don't have that? Yeah, we do not have that land use type. That was a conversation that came up with the original adoption of the ordinance that would be evaluated in the future, but we have yet to adopt any permitted uses for extended stay hotel, for an example. Okay, so perhaps this is trying to open that opportunity in some extent Fulfill within the city. Mm -hmm. At the same time, um, it comes at the cost of maybe, well, we'll talk about that later. Um, okay, so the other, other thing that I was wondering is, I, I know um, living in a condo building, um, that there's also an assembly bill, 3182, which made some changes. And I think that occurred after city council heard this item. And I don't know if you wanted to provide any insight into that or I could ask you more specific questions. I, I know we had a discussion about this earlier, so just wanted to bring that forward here. Sure, I can um, give a little bit of insight. So AB 3182 specifically, um, prevented special interest developments, or HOAs, in other words, from more restrictive rental um, lease terms or agreements. So it basically would prevent a condo unit, for example, to be, to be leased for less than 30 days. So in this case, the lowest, uh, lowest denominator would be the municipal code provision would be the, the essential way to put it. Okay, and so what that bill has done is, for instance, if an HOA had a one-year minimum lease policy, that's not allowable anymore, correct? correct? So now they cannot limit it, limit it to anything um, less than 31 days. So I know you don't have data on this for sure, but in theory there are many condo buildings that may have had a six or one year lease minimum that now are only able to set a 31 day. So I'm just thinking out loud here, but it's you know how, how much of that occurred. Um, I know firsthand some of it has, but um, that's maybe changed the context of, you know, what we're discussing today versus what city council was discussing a few years back in 2020. Okay. And then I think that's really the last question other than I wanted to confirm that the temp transient occupancy tax, the, the TAT that is in place in the city, that's only for 31 day or less stays. Correct, Correct. would so, not apply. Okay, and then it's included in the staff report, but there's potentially a little bit of confusion there in terms of how that would apply, um, at least at face value, when you're looking at the various regulations in our zone text if we were to extend 
um, stays beyond 31 days to 60 days or 90 days for condominiums and single-family homes. Maybe any clarification there? Or is that um, what's the? I guess what's the confusion or or what's the the point there? Um, so TOT would not apply in this case. It would only apply to short-term mm -hmm. leases or uses that are hotel stays. Um, so it would not be applicable. I don't know if that answered your question or if you wanted more details. I guess so. Um, I guess I'm just kind of thinking about what other cities have in place and maybe what West Hollywood does not currently have with regards to those sort of middle-term stays versus very short-term and longer-term. Yeah, I can't speak to what uh, the equivalent of a TOT would be in a different city or where it would apply. Um, unfortunately, I don't have that information. Thank you. <laughs> Michelle, just picking up on what Vice Chair Lombardi was mentioning about that bill out of the state, when I read it, it sounds like it's only for condos that change hands from here or from the new year going forward. It doesn't apply to anything that's already instated by an HOA, right? You're talking about um, AB 3182? Yeah. I believe it was all properties past 20, uh, 2012, if I read it correctly. Oh, okay. So it does apply retroactively, and HOAs can't limit rentals. Yes, yes, under 30 days, yeah. I think it does. Um, Lauren, I don't know if you can confirm at all. I think that was our reading of it earlier today, Yeah. that it impacts what the HOAs do, and I believe the year in it was 2012, but we can look. So an HOA, if there actually are issues in a condo complex, an HOA can't put guidelines in place that say no rentals underneath, under 90 days any longer. They can place rentals, um, they can place regulations to prevent the rental below 30 days, but past 30 days they cannot. Yeah, I think the intent of that overall bill was really to um, encourage that rentals occur in condo buildings, right. that they, they won't be restricted because there's needs for rentals. And you know, there's a lot of condo units that not, are not being occupied by anybody. So the idea with that is that let's make them rentable. And there might be some you know, CCNRs and, um, that restrict rentals for, you know, for less than a year, or whatever that might be. And I think the bill said, well, let's eliminate that you know, from, from, from the CCNRs, that's not, let's make those units rentable. Um, so I think, you know, I think what we're proposing wouldn't be in conflict with that because we're just, you know, we're allowing those rentals to happen. It's just with a different, um, you know, number of days versus, you know, um, what was considered before, so. Got it. I guess my point was given there's so few complaints and could a condo building just instate in their HOAs the guidelines that we're trying to talk about or we're talking about now and just focus on single family homes. Because I'm, are we talking about disruption in a condo building? Or are we actually talking about disruption on our city streets? And the public comment or the letter that we received today seemed to be more about what's happening in a specific building, particularly not chaos on our streets because of short term rentals. So in my mind, I immediately went, well, why can't an HOA take care of this if it's actually happening in their building? Why do we need to regulate that across the board? And maybe, and maybe we just deal with single family homes, but a lot of the complaints, or what I read in the letter, are things like key passes, or pa multiple keys and passes being shared, that would never happen, that probably wouldn't happen in a home situation, that would only happen in a condo building. So for me, I'm, I'm not quite certain um, what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, any other questions? Nope. Great. Um, I know we don't have any disclosures, but I'll ask, does anybody have any disclosures? Oh, uh, Commissioner Mott. I, I spoke with members of the public about items contained in the staff report. Great. Thank you. Um, do we have any public speakers on this item? Chair, I have no public speakers in council chambers, and we are all clear on the Zoom platform. Okay. So. I guess I didn't open the public um, speaking portion. So, um, Commissioner Deliberation. 
Commissioner Martins, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> we're, going, we're going to fight about this one. Um, yeah, I, I think we've seen in the, in the past the issues with the 31 days was it seemed to be an invitation to cheat. And we're turning to two weeks. And we have, uh, with single family homes, we're having party houses. And it's creating disruption um, to the uh, safety and the enjoyment of the people surrounding in the neighborhoods. Um, I personally would rather see something like, I don't want to tell a single fa family uh, homeowner that they can't take a job abroad for six months and not pay their mortgage or, you know, but I think 60 days is still a bit on the lower side. I'd rather see it 120 or even 90 days so that we have people who are here for a semester or an internship or who want to be residents and, uh, you know, they are invested in the community a little bit more than um, our housing stock turning in basically to hotels or extended stay hotels without the benefit of security, cameras, and on-site personnel that the hotels and extended stays do have. Um, some of the issues that have happened in multi-unit uh, apartments I'm, you know, may be similar in, in condos. I know they've been in single-family home, which is everything from um, the partying, the trash, to uh, drug drops and uh, safety issues, all kinds of people coming and going. People generally like to know who their neighbors are, um, especially in multi-unit buildings. Um, so I, I think 31 days is definitely too short. Um, and I would rather see it even more than 60 days um, to see if it, uh, but if we go with 60 days, if we could come back and, and assess that after maybe six months or 12 months and see if that's made any difference in the complaints with the, the party houses and the, and the issues that have gone on. And, um, you know, I think our, our, our first priority and thought has to be the quality of life and safety for our residents and uh, potentially long-term residents and current long-term residents. And we do have an extended stay building on sunset for people that want to be here for 25 days. We have hotels if you're here for a party or vacation, and I don't think we should be turning our housing stock into that kind of environment. Um, so I'm really not, not in favor of that. So 12 months is great for the, the apartments. Um, the condos, that's a little bit more sticky for me. They do have HOAs. I wonder how effective they are in preventing those kinds of things. That was my question with the HOAs. But um, single-family homes, definitely, this has been something that we've heard about here and that, that uh, city council's heard about and we've seen correspondence about um, before, um, about the parties and the, uh, the things that are going on. Um, so uh, I, I'd like to see more. I'd like to see 90 or 120 days. But if, if it's 60 days, then perhaps we could assess that and see if there's any difference in the future. Um, other than that, I'm to hear what my fellow commissioners have to say. That's thank it for you. me right now, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Commissioner Matos. Thank you, Chair. Um, so there's a couple of things that are going through my mind when I review what's being presented. First of all, I just to be clear, I do and I am inclined to support the staff recommendation of 60 days, and I'll tell you why. I actually think that this discussion is very timely for numerous reasons. We've seen that the council has taken an increased interest in regulating short-term rentals, that there's been impacts to the housing stock um, on affordability specifically. If someone is able to get more money on a short-term basis to rent their property, they might be more inclined to do that. And what that does is it drives up the prices of housing, and then it has an impact on rentability and affordability for people who are looking to live and work in this community. Um, and I think that, you know, this city and the council and every policy that we've seen come out of the council has been inclined to support long-term tenancy and to support affordability of existing housing stock and the ability to be able to come into this community and um, afford living here uh, on a long-term basis. Um, the other thing that I wanna say is that our city infrastructure has a very robust, to Commissioner Copeland's point, hotel industry. We have a very robust hotel industry that is able to support short-term needs. To her point, 
There's been other um, entities and opportunities for people that are in the healthcare sector uh, or in the gig job sector of the entertainment industry to be able to come in on a short-term basis and utilize those resources here in West Hollywood. Um, so I'm not as worried about that. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, the short-term need that we're seeing, we have an infrastructure in this city that's able to support it. Um, I am really, um, you know, I feel very strongly that we should support the staff recommendation. I think that council should consider this. I do think, it, again, just that it's timely given the recommendations and policy changes we've seen in short-term rentals. Um, and I think that we should be prioritizing in our housing stock, um, you know, the ability to come in and afford rent in West Hollywood. And I think that 60 days is a great, you know, as a floor is, the, is a great opportunity for us because it leaves a window, um, but it also considers that, you know, if there is a, a very, very short-term need that there's an infrastructure to address that. Um, and it, you know, prevents these housing units uh, from coming away from long-term tenancies and going strictly to short-term. So that's my thoughts on this, uh, for whatever it's worth, and I'm inclined to support the staff recommendation, um, but I'm open to discussion on, uh, you know, length. Commissioner Jones? Are you right? No? <laughs> I can talk now or I can wait. <laughs> For whatever reason, it's very hard to hear down here, but I feel like my voice is very loud, so I'm sorry if I'm blowing everyone out right now. Um, I guess, you know, in reviewing this, you know, and this may sound obvious, but there are kind of different places that, you know, I have an opportunity to kind of live and travel in the state of California. One is in Santa Cruz County, where housing needs are similar to, it's a, it's a different set of circumstances, but it's, it's different than it is here, or Idlewild, California, where you know 40% of the people who own homes there, among them myself, are do not live there full time. So I, you know, I'm thinking about this within the context, obviously, of our city, and the specificity of the needs of our city. I guess one of the things that I struggle with, and this is probably obvious from some of the questions that I asked, is I support the spirit of 60 days, but I don't know if there's data to support the 60 days. I guess that's where I struggle a little bit. Like, there's a lot of hypotheticals happening. I know that people are very vocal when there is a uh, noisy or rude or, you know, inconsiderate neighbor, code compliance is called, I understand that, but I, and I know there's a lot of buzz about it, but in terms of substantiated data that this is happening or being abused, you know, in excess, I don't feel like we have that kind of data and we might never, and that's okay. Um, but what I don't wanna do is take away the ability for, you know, people who do legitimately need a place to stay for a month and not longer. Um, and that, I have to imagine that exists. We're a very popular destination for a whole variety of reasons, whether it's work, medical tourism, um, leisure. Um, so I, I think I'm a little conflicted. I don't think I would wanna support anything over 60 days to Commissioner Matos's point. Um, but I guess I struggle a little bit with understanding or believing without having more data to substantiate it that having things that are just 31 days is really a problem. I know we can all cite the example. I'm sure you've all heard about this, of the house on Lucerne in Larchmont Village that just got, you know, kind of brought down, not in the city of West Hollywood. I am sure that there are, you know, have been similar situations or, you know, party homes here. Um, but I sometimes wonder if the, you know, kind of frequency of that happening is maybe not more overblown by people's annoyance about it. I'm not questioning anyone's experience. I just, again, would really like to see more data around this before we make a determination that might affect people's ability to enjoy the city or have housing that meets their needs. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm open to discussion, um, but not more than 60 is kind of where I stand right now. So I, I struggled with this one a little bit. Um, you know, my initial, my initial feeling was like, oh yeah, that's, that's fine. I, I think that's a good, this is a good idea, was my initial impression of it, right? And I think it's because I have been thoroughly convinced that short-term rentals has a negative impact on the city. 
right? But I think I, I sort of previewed what I was going to say a little earlier. This isn't really, 31 days isn't really what I'm thinking of as a short-term rental. A short-term rental is a three-day weekend party pad, right? Or maybe a week at most. 31 days is not, is, is not the type of short-term rental that's going to have a negative impact on the city. Um, so, so I, you know, I wonder, is this a solution seeking a problem? I don't know if there is a problem here. And should we take away the flexibility of a property owner to rent their place out for a month if there really isn't a problem being solved here? Again, just to repeat, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced of the negatives of short-term rentals, but this is not a short-term rental. I just don't, there's no data, there's no complaints. I don't, I don't, in my sense is having a 31-day minimum or a 60-day minimum or a 90-day minimum, that's not going to do anything against promoting long-term rentals, right? Yeah, I think we should promote long-term rentals. Um, but I'm not sure it matters whether it's 30, 60, or 90 days. Um, my vision of, of the impact of a 30-day limitation is it, it, it re really what it means if I'm going to go live in New York City for the summer, I can't rent my place out for two weeks while I'm gone. It's going to have to be at least 30 days. You know, I would, if I'm going to go to New York for the summer, I'd love to rent it out for 60 or 90 days, right? But, hey, if I can't find someone for 60 days, I'd be happy to rent it out for 30 days. So, I, I don't know. I guess I don't, I, I neither oppose or support this. Um, I also would note there isn't any public outcry from property owners or from the community in general here. I didn't see any public comments in writing or here in person opposing this. So why should we oppose it, right? I just don't think it's necessary. Uh, I wouldn't have brought this proposal, but I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily want to be seen as opposing it. I just don't think, I just don't think it's going to matter one way or another whether it's 30, 60, or 90 days. I, I just don't, I don't see the point of changing the law and going through this exercise unless somebody can point to the negative impact of a 31-day rental limitation and that a 60- or 90-day rental limitation is going to fix that problem. So again, I, I'm, not, I'm not prepared to vote against it. I'll probably vote in favor of it because I'd like this to move on to city council. After all, they're the elected leaders, and I think they should weigh in on this. I just don't th but I just don't think it's really ne necessary to bring this forward or change the law. Um, I'm happy putting it in the hands of our five elected city council. Thank you. Commissioner Edwards. Um, I'm really appreciating the robust conversation. Um, I do agree. I'm still confused because it doesn't seem like I, I agree <coughs> that there seems to be a solution in search of a problem. That there might be one-offs here and there, but overall, like the data doesn't the data doesn't tell me a compelling story of the need for regulation. Because I believe this body wants to take any consideration around regulation seriously, because it does have an impact. And there's sometimes impacts that we don't anticipate. Um, there's also, as I see it, it's a balancing act between the rights and the freedom of a property owner versus the rights and freedom of the community to enjoy you know, where they're at. So it's always that, that delicate balancing act that uh, our, our nation struggles with on a, cons on a consistent basis. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm building on this one. I'm, I mean, I, only, I would ask if it goes to 60 days, if there is some conversation or some means by which we can better capture data to start understanding the story that is really happening or maybe isn't happening. 
Thank you. Vice Chair Lombardi. Thank you. Um, in particular, I'm thinking about um, some of the comments from Commissioner Gregoire and, and, and Jones and Edwards, and I think that if I, from what I feel like you were saying, um, this feels safe, um, and it also feels like there's maybe not a lot of data, and that's why we're not, you know, as strongly opinionated on things. And I feel myself a little bit confused at to, uh, as well in terms of what the best path forward would be. Um, I guess looking at things from the perspective of, um, you know, opportunity, um, being business friendly, um, there's definitely something to be said about longer term short rentals, 30, 60, 90 days. Um, you know, thinking about the community and the disruptions of the high turnover, that's, that's something that, that comes to mind as well. And, um, you know, I guess one thought that I have, and, and some of this is from firsthand experience, is um, when there's only a 30-day, um, you know, restriction in terms of um, minimum stay, it's, it's actually very hard for an HOA to, to track and monitor that and to do anything or react quickly. Um, you know, their power is, is fairly limited. And so month-to-month uh, -month could actually be a two-week stay, and it's hard to track that. Um, when I think about the housing crisis that we're in, I understand that we need different housing types. Um, and so on that hand, you know, if someone wants to rent out their place and leave um, for Europe, as Commissioner Copeland mentioned earlier, or travel abroad and then um, make that place rentable to someone, that's, that's great. And um, that's something that otherwise could maybe be an empty unit if there was a higher restriction. Um, what I've observed, where I live is, is that there's been a lot of units, and I, I did a little math, probably about 15 to 25% of them, where rather than a one-year lease coming in or someone selling their unit, which may be at a more affordable entry-level price as a homeowner, um, or a unit that maybe is more reasonable than a luxury building, um, they're now renting it furnished month to month at a very, very high rate. And that could be a unit that someone could be living in for a year or, or buying and owning as their first home. And so sales aren't happening and one-year leases aren't moving in, people are moving out and month-to-months are happening. And some of that goes back to the assembly bill and the fact that you know if a building chooses to maybe have a one-year lease limit because they want to have more of a community atmosphere, that's not an option anymore. Um, so I guess circling back to 2020, when we when we this first was brought, this topic was first brought up and these decisions were made. I guess I'm thinking about what City of Burbank is doing. I think Santa Monica as well. Uh, a lot of these cities seem to have a one-year restriction on condominiums already. So you know to extend it isn't really atypical. It doesn't seem um, for the region. But I do appreciate the idea of a homeowner being able to have the flexibility to do what they want to and for a unit not to sit empty, even if it is temporary. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the, the trick is that we don't really have a lot of data to decide on. And so um, it makes it hard to make a decision. And I guess what I'm wondering is, is there some data or could we provide some direction? So uh, Francisco and I were just looking and Beginning this year, the City Council adopted um, a requirement that units not subject to the Rent Stabilization Ordinance also need to be registered. So the City just this year has started collecting data. I don't know if that will capture you're going to New York for the summer and want someone to live in your space for 30 or 60 days. Those units may not get captured in that, but there is more data that will be available moving forward than we have had in the past. Thank you, that's exactly where I was going to, to go with that. And so I know that there's surveys, I've received those letters, I know that there's a lot of data being collected, so I'm wondering if maybe we could make a more informed decision, and I don't know exactly what those points would be, but perhaps it's trying to understand what percentage of individually owned um, housing and condo units are being rented, and what percentage are being rented at a shorter term period of 30 days or greater if we were to move this forward today and then city council were to as well. Um, and what do we feel the goals are as a city? You know, maybe 
So I guess I'm wondering if maybe there's some direction we could provide on that front. And then with regards to what we're hearing right now, I'm so neutral right now, I really I don't, <laughs> you know, part of me wants to say, can we just provide some direction and look at this again? Part of me says, hey, 60 days seems safe. Why not do it and provide some direction? Um, 90 days feels like we're, we're bordering on a more longer term and maybe it'd be good to have some data before we went 90 days or further. Thank you. Commissioner Copeland. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I agree with a lot of what uh, Vice Chair Lombardi just said and also Commissioner Germatos. And, um, part of the issue with 30 days was that it was, which is why we ended up with 12 months for apartments, it was an invitation to cheat. It was advertised as 30 days, but hey, you can stay two weeks, and, and if somebody's here for two weeks, they're here to party. And there, we did have the infrastructure, as Commissioner Matos um, spoke of, to, that we, we could handle visitors and, and medical people visiting. But if we're telling the public we have a housing crisis, we don't have enough housing, we need more housing for long-term residents, um, it just seems to smack of hypocrisy to then turn around and say, but it's okay for people to you know, rent out a lot of that housing and keep just renting it for 30 days and, and getting three times as much, which takes away the affordability. Um, so I think if we're weighing and we're trying to balance, we have to err on this, or to decide on the, uh, that balance has to lean toward um, community and long-term residents and uh, affordability and um, not taking away from the housing pool where it turns into, as he was mentioning with the condos, it's a, it's a business venture. You know, I really don't have any intention of renting this out to anyone, but it's it's a business. I can rent it out, you know, 30 days and, and get three times as much rent than I'll get if I rent it to a person who really wants to stay here long term or if I sell it. Um, then it's more of a business transaction. It's a, it's, it's a money-making business rather than a need um, to provide housing or to go somewhere else or, you know, I... Um, I think we went to 12 months with those for, for a lot of good reasons, and this is when people spoke up. And uh, I believe we did get some correspondence on this mm -hmm. this afternoon um, in support of, right. Um, Correct, I believe in, we in support one of this from, And that was from an, uh, an HOA? Um, a condo, person, yeah, yeah about HOA a condo minute. Okay, so um, it would be nice to have more specificity with data, as you said. I think there was a lot of that back in 2020 that actually led to this. And they did make these exceptions and maybe we're readdressing them. Um, but it would be nice to have some of the specifics of what have the been the complaints with the party houses, what have they been dealt with. That, that would be nice to have, but I don't think it would, would change my, my feeling that we need to, our, our first obligation is to the community and to provide actual housing because we do have alternatives. We have short-term rentals, we do have hotels. Um, and uh, you know, 60 days is certainly not, I don't think it's burdensome, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but it might help a little bit with the affordability. It might help also a little bit with the, uh, the cheating as we, we saw before. Advertising 30 days, but you can stay a week. And, and we did see that and that did come before this commission and before council and there were people who spoke up. And, so the history of it, when we take it all into account, you know, this happened for a reason, and some of the same problems are evidently occurring now. We don't have complete statistics, which would be nice to have, but it, it's not necessary for me to to um, be in favor of going along with uh, staff's recommendation of minimum of, of 60 days. That, that's all for me, Chair. Thank you. I think it's great dialogue. Um, what keeps somebody from advertising 60 days and still renting it out for two weeks. I, you know, it's like, I guess, what is the measure? For me, when I read the staff report, it, fe it felt a lot like optics, you know, because we don't have the, f the, the actual data to really support some of what the staff report is presenting. And when you look at the complaints, they're so low, which is why I went to, can an HOA regulate in their building if there actually is, in fact, an issue in that building, and is this really affecting our streets? And then those are kind of two but connect, two separate issues that are connected. So I agree. I, I, I'm, I feel ambivalent about this also, though I understand everyone's 
point and why they made it, especially from an affordability point of view. But I'm not sure exactly which way to take this. Um, go ahead, Commissioner Grubo. I had a couple of questions for the city attorney. So what is the effect of a no vote? If we were to vote no, that we weren't recommending this to the city council, what happens to this? Does it die? Does it go back to staff? Or does it still go to city council? Every legislative change ends up with the city council. So even if the commission was to vote no change, that would go to the city council to make a final decision. My second question was, I, I don't, I'm generally not shy about opposing or supporting something, but is it an option, option to move this onto the city council, vote to move this onto the city council with our comments that we have spoken into the record without a recommendation? I think I would frame it as, as a recommendation. I mean, that's what the Planning Commission is being asked to do, to make a collective decision on policy changes, Hard and thing. the elected officials will ultimately make the decision. But you can, you can frame it as, your recommendation is no change, your recommendation is 60, your rec you know, whatever, whatever the timeline you could collectively agree to, there's options. Okay. I have a motion. Go ahead. I'd like to move that we remove the stack recommendation to City Council with recommending the 60-day option. Could you repeat that? We recommend what the staff has presented to us. We m recommend 60-day minimum on condo and single-family rentals. Do I have a second on that? I'll second. Uh, Vice Chair Lombardi? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in support either way in this case. I wonder, though, if we could somehow ask that there be further study um, to evaluate, based on housing data, we can get it, how, what percentage of, you know, year plus versus um, 30 or 60 day kind of rentals are occurring and that maybe this get revisited again when that data is available so that we can continue to be informed about where this really needs to head, because I'm, in one hand, I'm inclined to just say, like, no, let's not change anything, but let's see what we need to do. Ironically, I would like to see it extended because I see problems, whether it be providing affordable housing or disturbances in the neighborhood and everything associated with high turnover. So I guess I'm okay with it, but I wonder if we could maybe recommend that we get a, a study on some data, and I don't know how we would ask the timeline for that to come back or if we even can set one, but to at least recommend that that happen or that city council maybe discuss that data and figure out what it could or should be. And then we could look at it again first maybe. So I think, would you mind if I go? So I don't know if I'm asking I, to modify the motion or? <laughs> I think a way you could accomplish that is in the resolution when the motion is to approve the resolution as proposed, you could add at the end to section four, which is your recommendation to say, and also ask council to consider directing staff to report back with data to revisit the matter at a timeline the council deems appropriate. So they can talk about how much data they would want to revisit it in a year, two years, whatever, whatever the council deems appropriate. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so we have a motion, we have a second, um, shall we vote? Commissioner Matos, you're, you're okay with that? Yeah, I'm fine okay, with that. Thanks. Everybody's clear on what the motion is? And the motion passes unanimously, approving draft resol resolution number PC231531. There is no appeal process. This is a recommendation going to City Council. Thank you. Item 10, new business. We have none. 
unfinished business. Item 11, we have none. Excluded consent calendar. Item 12, we have none. Items from staff, 13. Planning manager's update. Thank you, Chair. Um, Francisco Contreras again, Long Range Planning Manager. Um, so just wanted to provide you an update about the upcoming um, calendars for the Planning Commission and some of our other uh, uh, committees. Um, so at the September 7th Planning Commission meeting, we have uh, about four items. Um, we have an airspace subdivision um, at 8430 Sunset Boulevard that's coming before you. Uh, there is a um, seven-story, 115-unit mixed-use project at 8025 Santa Monica Boulevard. Then there are a couple of zone text amendments, uh, one of them dealing with co-living or shared housing, so that's coming forth. And then uh, the second zone text amendment um, will be discussing micro-units and congregate care facilities. So um, we are introducing some um, new definitions for housing types and or refining some of our existing um, in order to um, incorporate some objective design standards into some of those as well. So, so that is coming up uh, September. Um, nothing is currently scheduled for design review at the moment. Um, nothing on the agenda for long range planning subcommittee. And I do not see anything for the Sunset Arts and Advertising Committee as well. So um, except for that planning commission coming up in September, I think um, for now, most of the agendas look pretty clear. So 8025 Santa Monica Boulevard has been confirmed for September 7th? Um, September 7th. That's what we have on the uh, look ahead agenda okay. right now. And it'll be noticed properly. It will be properly noticed? Co correct. Okay. We mentioned that earlier today. Do we have any other questions? No? Great. Thank you. <clears throat> Items from the commission. Oh, public comment. Sorry. Uh, Chair, David, we are we all we're all clear. Okay, great. Um, item 15, items from the commissioners. Does anybody have anything to say? Commissioner Jones. Yeah, I just wanted to um, thank you for adjourning in memory of John Outschul. Uh, John was on the commission from the day that I joined. He was one of the longest serving members. Uh, I was very sad to hear of his passing. Um, I didn't get to see him at all during COVID. Um, so I wish him and uh, his friends the, the very best. Um, he was a real, a real addition to this community and he was a friend of mine and I will miss him very much. So thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Nope. Great. Okay. So I am adjourning our regular plan, our planning commission meeting till Thursday, September 7, 2023 at 6.30. Thank you.